action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you send got, it in, <laughs> got questions about today's episodes or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Father, there are two easy ways to get a hold of us here at Ignition. First of all, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. And how would you do that, Dr. Bergwald? You use the Twitter handle SF Diocese. That's S as in Sam, F as in Frank, or S as in Sue, F as in Falls. Diocese, D-I-O-C-E-S-E. Use the hashtag ignition. SF Diocese, use the hashtag ignition to get a hold of us via Twitter. When, when you said Sue, I, my mind went a couple na- places with Sue Falls. First, well, is it S-U-E? But it's only the letters. It's, it's SF Diocese, right? Yeah. But then also I was thinking back to there's some politician's uh, daughter who, when running a national campaign, said, I love visiting people in Seox Falls. I had a telemarketer once confirm my address as Sioux Falls. South Dakota, man. Yeah. I love South Dakota. Yep. I mean, I re- I re- I'm born and raised in South Dakota, and I just love how people in the rest of the country don't really know us. I uh... Don't even act like you know us. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think I don't want to be bitter in that way. No. But, but I'm a bit. But, but let's, let's be honest here. I think... Uh, well, I, I know for a fact, because my wife is not a South Dakotan. I'm from right next door in Minnesota, so I, uh, but my wife is from several states away. And I think her attitude towards South Dakota is probably a little bit like my attitude towards, and I know, and I know people from here, but my attitude towards Idaho. Like, I just don't think about Idaho that often. I know people in Idaho. So do I, but I don't think about that that often. And I think that's, that's how my wife was about our fair state of South Dakota, which she loves now. You know what made me start thinking about Idaho more? When I learned that there's a lot of Mormons in Idaho. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that, but why yeah. did that? Make I don't know. You I don't know why it. it just makes me think about it more. Just because, <laughs> that I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, you're looking at me in a puzzled fashion, and I can't <laughs> give you anything else than that. <laughs> but, so wherever there are lots of Mormons, Father's mind is drawn there for some reason. I want to I want to invite them to the Catholic faith. There we go. They invite people to the church. They, they are very Christ good Latter-day at that. Age. They're they're very efficient at that. Each okay. year, there's uh, Mormon missionaries that are in. Uh, Brookings around SDSU and riding their bikes and yep. wearing their name tags. Yep. And they often want to hang out at the Newman Center, like, so, like use it as like a little break place in the midst of their mission work. And uh, But like, sometimes I think they kind of realize that these Catholic kids probably aren't easy conversations on some probably Mormon-ish not. things, and especially yeah. the ones that hang out at the Newman Center. Right. And, right, right. I had a Mormon missionary call me once. Or was it a Jehovah's Witness? This is before I was By a phone? Priest. Yeah. It was, it was really weird. Had you already had contact with them? No, I don't know how they got my number. This is when I was in college in Marshall, Minnesota. And I was literally, is literally the right word? I was actually, uh, I was actually leaving like within an hour to go to a week-long chemistry conference. And this guy calls me up and starts sharing with me like the Psalms. And he wants to share the gospel with me in some way. But, you know, like uh, that God will bring peace till the moon fails. You know, do you believe that God will bring peace in this way? And I was like, yeah, let's talk about this, but call me back. So I actually told someone to call me back. Did they? No, they never did. Yeah. I was just heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're not talking about Mormonism today. Or Idaho. Or Idaho. <laughs> or me begrudging people that don't know how to pronounce Sioux for Sioux Falls. Exactly. Instead, we are going to, we have no good segue. You have some, you've had some incredibly witty segues, I have to say, for, for this occasional series that we do on the books of the Bible, beginning with the New Testament. But I don't think we have any from. Yeah, I didn't even think, I got so lost in this conversation. Yeah, I didn't even think yeah. about the fact that we actually have to do this actual we episode. We have to talk about this, exactly. <laughs> So we've been, um, as I just alluded to, Father and I uh, have, have an occasional series that we do here in Ignition. Um, it's been actually pretty pretty regular for the last few months, um, but every every four week episode, every four episodes or so, we we um, give you a little introduction into one of the documents of the Bible. Uh, and we began with the New Testament, um, started with Mark, worked our way through all the Gospels, Acts of the Apostles, and into the letters or the epistles of St. Paul. And this week we're going to be looking at his letter to the Philippians, St. Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Philippi. <clears throat> and before we get into today, Which is a great name of a town, by the way. We talk about, well, oh man, speaking of great town Trent, names. There we go. Can we just that back up for a moment? <laughs> and speaking of great town names, you know, Sioux, Sioux Falls is a great town name, but... Philippi. Philippi is a great now that's town. a great town. Name. Today we're going to talk about Saint Paul's letter. <laughs> oh, tell me more about Saint Paul's letter to the Philippians, Doctor Bergwald. Well, and I have to say, um, as I've been trying to remind people lately, um, a lot of not everything, but a lot of what we we share with you in these uh, short intros to these New Testament documents um, come from other people. Um, uh, particularly the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible New Testament edition or New, Te- New Testament volume by Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch um, has great introductions into the New Testament documents, including the letter to the church in Philippi written to them by St. Paul himself. In his own hand, although some people, of course, dispute it. Right. But not, not in what in the disputes come uh, with this letter, they come about the, the unity of the letter. Like there seem to be maybe different pieces and parts that yeah. people say, but we don't get into the, that level of, you know, even though Father did in a previous episode of Ignition talk about how we get a little bit nerdy um, in our theological discourse, uh, we aren't going to get that nerdy today. Yeah. Uh, actually, I was, although I did read some just recently, some kind of nerdy, a nerdy little series of uh, of commentaries about uh, St. Paul and St. Paul authorship about how they, like, they'd feed the letters into these computer systems like in the 1980s right. and like trying to decide like, oh, what sort of phrases does St. Paul use and what stuff's really from St. Paul? And they came up and they, at first they said like, well, actually, you know, there's only so many that are really that way. But then they've been refining and better using these programs. And they said, you know, actually most of them are probably St. Paul. Uh, that reminds me of, you know, one of the in biblical scholarship um the, the the historical origins of the first five books of the Old Testament, the first five, first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they're called the Pentateuch. Right. Um, and, and there was a, a, a theory advanced in the 19th century by a German scholar, Wellhausen, who said who came up with the theory that there was the, the Yahwist author, and right. the Eloist, and um, the Deuteronomist, and the priestly author. So four different authors over centuries, not actually Moses and and, and that especially Genesis 1 through 11 is very different from 12 through 50 and so on. And so there was some sort of computational analysis they did of Genesis. And the, the computer, for what it's worth, concluded that there was probably one, one author. <laughs> yeah, Hal. <laughs> but there was one author. One author, yeah. One author. Well, and like uh, this, the, these little articles I was reading online recently, uh, he says, you know, well, okay, maybe something doesn't totally sound like Paul, like, you know, the letter to Titus or whatever. Maybe Paul was talking with someone else about, you know, hey, I really want to talk with Titus about A, B, C, and D. 
do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, A, B, C, and D. Great. Put those things in a letter and send it off right. to him. Right, exactly. You know, and Paul wrote it, but Paul didn't write it. Right. You know, and so right. maybe that's why it might appear different, but it's still what Paul wanted. Right. You know, along, also along these points, um, Brant Petrie, uh, who's written a number of great books, scholarly and more popular. Yep. Um, I just actually recently got um, a copy of his book, The Case for Jesus, where he's particularly looking at mm-hmm. the Gospels and mm-hmm. are the Gospels, like, how reliable are the Gospels? Right. How historical are they? Because everyone wants to attack the <clears throat> historicity of the Gospels. Exactly. And one of the points that he makes is there's a theory that, you know, the Gospels weren't actually written by Marth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Um, they, they were written much later by other people and therefore they're not as trustworthy as the implication. And he makes the point Every single copy that we have, every single manuscript that we have of the four Gospels, they're all called the Gospel according to Matthew, or according to Mark, or according to Luke, or according. There is no the Gospel. There's there's no anonymous Gospel, which this this scholar theory of of a number of biblical scholars which had had to would have you believe. Oh, like the whole idea of like this anonymous source that they each draw exactly. from. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's always according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Yep. So anyway, but we are tight today talking about the letter to Philippi because it's a great. Eventually, city. we're going to talk about the letter to the. To, to we're the trying to bait people to listen to the entire episode. We just kind of went off in our own little world. There is pretty much what we did. We the the nerdy thing got a hold the of microphones. Us. Oh yes. <laughs> so so um as we often do we'll, we'll just sort of proceed with some of the basics um who wrote it when did they write it uh to whom did they write it why did they write it and then what are the, some of the things that we really like about it yep so uh who wrote it saint <laughs> paul okay moving on uh and there's a consensus that actually he wrote the letter right and the style is pretty is pretty much like him and maybe a little friendlier right but uh because uh, saint paul is a little bellicose <laughs> he can be a little harsh sometimes yeah. um, like some people i know yeah, me yeah okay. i thought i was afraid he meant me no, no, no okay so um it, so yeah saint paul probably wrote it almost certainly wrote it right and then he pro- and then he refers to being in prison so probably one of the times he was in prison probably uh you wrote down they think probably the first time in the first time he was imprisoned in rome which is his house arrest between 60 62 to be the same time then that he wrote his letter to the ephesians which we talked about four episodes of ago yep. here on ignition ephesus ephesus that's a great city yep yeah yep. good people there good name yep like philippi <laughs> speaking of philippi <laughs> Uh, so the city of Philippi. Tell me more about Philippi. First of all, it's named after, guess, can, can you guess? Philip. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, Which one? Philip II of Macedon. Okay. The father of Alexander the Great. Here's the a question. Did that city exist before Alexander the Great? I have no idea. Okay. Because when, when did Alexander the Great live? Because uh, around the time of the book of the prophet Daniel, and that's like 500 years before well, I was Well, I was thinking fourth century, but well- uh, Aristotle was his his uh, tutor. Oh, tutor, yeah. So I think that is fifth, fifth century ish, give, <laughs> give or take a hundred years. Yep. Um, I don't know if it preexisted. What we do know is that where it was located was a, on a strategically important uh, route road that led that connected Italy, Rome, therefore, um, to uh, Asia Minor and and the rest of the civilized Roman Empire that was to the east. Question: You yeah. said it was located. Is okay. Yeah, sorry. And and this is in what's now northern Greece, by yep. the way. So, um, so we talked about the name. Oh, uh, no, this is an important point. Yeah, that uh, I I just 
I don't know if you had a, a sub point. I'm just going with what you have down. So that uh, Caesar Augustus uh, established as a Roman military colony in the first century BC. And so much of the population was retired Roman soldiers uh, who had the status as citizens due to their time in service. And so uh, they very much, uh, um, when St. Paul writes to him, we can catch a little of yes. that in the terminology yes. and the way that he's writing to them. And so, so well, they're citizens. Well, yeah. What's the big deal about? Well, you well, being a citizen of Rome is a big deal. It's exactly. So why, why, why is that? I don't know. Exactly. I just know okay. it's a big deal. <laughs> I mean, they, they, well, they, they have certain rights. I mean, they can't be crucified. Most people they can't be tortured. Most people in the Roman Empire were not citizens, right? So to be a citizen in the Roman Empire was uh, exclusive, privileged thing. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. More rights came with it. In fact, you had very little rights if you weren't a citizen. Exactly. Right. Um, and so, like, St. Paul appeals to his right to be brought before the emperor uh, when he's uh, uh, brought before the Roman governor of uh, Palestine in around 50-something AD. Or some, yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, which is interesting, I mean, Jesus didn't have that. When he was brought before Pontius Pilate, he had no recourse because Jesus was not a Roman citizen. Yep. Yep. So the fact that these guys had uh, status as Roman citizens is a big deal. Uh, and you do, as you said, you, you see hints of this, um, the the reference. To, so so while maybe you have, maybe you are a Roman, uh, a, a vet and therefore a Roman citizen, and you want to lord that over others, you're called to be humble like Christ himself. And we'll get into this later. We'll get into later. that later, because that's one of the great uh, passages. But also vice it. versa, if you're not a Roman citizen, it doesn't matter. Don't strive after the status and prestige that come with Ro Roman citizenship. Strive after Jesus Christ. Right. Which we'll get to. We'll get to later. Okay. Sorry. I I thought you said we're going to get to it in a moment. Then you well, went there. I know, but like, well, there's more to say. We'll have more to oh, say. Okay. Uh, now, the, the other thing about Philippi, uh, unlike a lot of the, the places where Paul visited and, and started the church, uh, not a very large Jewish population, a smaller Jewish population um, in the city of Philippi. Uh, and, and we believe that he founded the church there uh, during his second missionary journey. So that would have been around the year 50, excuse me, AD 50. Uh, and that he visited again during his third missionary journey. And now, of course, as we said earlier, he is writing to it um, on his uh, while he's in, under house arrest around the year 60 or 62 in Rome. Uh, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. Uh, if you've got any questions or about what we're saying today or ideas for future episodes, please contact, contact us. Ignition at sfcatholic.org is the email address. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle sfdiocese and the hashtag ignition. I am Chris Bergwald, the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Don't sell yourself short. You're Dr. Dr. Chris, Chris Bergwald. Bergwald. Sorry. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson from St. Paul's Parish in White and Pius XII Newman Center. And we are giving just a short introduction to St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. So, Father, we've sort of looked at who wrote it, when did he write it, uh, to whom did he write it, now why did he write it, some of the purpose, and then we'll get into the themes, characteristics, and notable, notable passages uh, of this great letter. This great letter. So what, what theme do you want to go to? So purpose. Uh, oh. What was the... What was the, the, the doctrinal or disciplinary crisis that prompted St. Paul to write this letter? Nothing. What? Nothing. No. Yeah, so like, well, like Corinthians, uh, Romans, he's going to go visit there. Galatians, I mean, there's a whole thing about like eating meat sacrificed to idols and 
that's in Corinthians and Galatians, all about the circumcision controversy. Uh, but no, he's not writing for any. There's no. There's no. No hoot nanny going on. No brouhaha. No. No mess. No. Ma- <laughs> there's no mess. Yeah, and so, uh, but just a letter <clears throat> of thanks and encouragement. Right. Yeah. He he is uh, particularly responding to their generosity, the support of him. They had supported him in in various ways, and he's thanking them for that. Uh, and so it's just to thank. It's 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 the thing that high school seniors dread to to do. Thank you notes. Thank you notes. He's so Peter probably said, Paul, you got to write a thank you note to the. the oh, come on, seriously. God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> Where's that from? I, I don't think it's Philippians. No, okay. Colossians, maybe. God loves a cheerful getter? <laughs> you, you were right. I just didn't know where it's from. Okay. So, um, so is that St. Paul who says that? Yeah, it okay. is St. Paul. It's okay. one of his letters. I, just, I bet that's actually in First or Second Corinthians when he's appealing to them to give, uh, to give uh, for the church back in Jerusalem. That's probably right. You're, 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 you're contacting the truth machine? Second <laughs> uh, Corinthians 9, 6 Second and 7. Corinthians 9. Yeah. So, um, so the fact that he's writing this letter with not a particular crisis in mind impacts the letter in a number of ways. First of all, a pretty informal structure. It's kind of rambling. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're just thanking them and good job and, oh, hey, but, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, rambling. It's from his heart, though. I mean, but not rambling, but it's just, it's, it's from his heart. It's it's Meandering. It's from his heart. He just, he wants to right. share his heart with them. What do you want to do? I want to share my heart with them. It's skipping from here to there. Meandering. It's a beautiful thing. I don't why what why why the I don't uh, know, I'm glaring at your gestures which no one on the on the uh listening to this broadcast of ignition can see thankfully. <laughs> um it has uh faces made for radio. A, a joyous and personal tone. It does. Because he's speaking from the heart, okay. I hear. Yep. And it's positive, there's no polemics, there's no uh if you don't do this right. 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 So he's focusing this is this is an apostolic exhortation. Uh, we might call it today. Um, he's, Which are sometimes meandering. <laughs> um, <laughs> focused not so much on, again, doctrinal or disciplinary disputes as on a desire to encourage them and and exhort them right. to continue on in, in their Christian life. And particularly to continue on growing in spiritual maturity. How? By imitating uh, Jesus and by imitating Paul's own example of Himself. imitating Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so follow the example of Christ and follow my example as I seek to follow Christ. Um, so yeah, Jesus, the model of humility, of selfless love, and of patient endurance. So Father, we've got about six minutes left. Let's get into some um, notable passages. Eight minutes left? Yeah, that too. Okay. Yeah. This time my math is bad. And so... Uh, uh, Right, so one of my favorite passages when you talk about that imitating of Jesus is uh, Philippians chapter two verses five through eleven, right? Which is sometimes called the uh, the great hymn, and it seems almost as if Saint Paul might be quoting a song in some ways, right? Right, that, that may have predated him, so to right. Speak. And so uh, it says, uh, I'll just read those verses, uh, listeners. Uh, Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. 
Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confessed to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Boom. By the way, do you know that this reading is quite often the epistle reading on presidential election nights? Really? Yeah. It just happens that way? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That no, says something. That does. Yeah. So uh, uh, something that a new politician should uh, keep in mind. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So what about that passage strikes you, Father? Uh, so much. So number one, just his own, the whole reason for the passage is exhorting us, as you said, to have the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus. So this is an attitude that God wants us to have in Jesus Christ by our baptism, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is for us to have this uh, attitude of uh, giving of ourselves. Right, right, right. And so, uh, um, you know, it's often sometimes called a, a du- there's a double humbling going on, right? He uh, humbles himself by uh, taking on human appearance, right? Coming in the form of a slave. Right. And then finally he humbles himself uh, with the obedience to death on the cross. Right, right. So, and, and going back to the thing that we were saying earlier that I said, but we'll talk about it in a minute. And right. I did talk about the form of a slave for a Roman citizen. For a and, Roman citizen. Boom. Yeah. So this is, so again, status, prestige, honor, which, which I think that by itself is as, as, as much as we talk about that, we talked in previous episodes about celebrity, the cult of celebrity today right. and so on honor. And you see, if you watch gladiator, right. I mean, the idea of your honor, your personal honor was a huge, huge, huge. It was huge for the Roman, for the Roman empire. We're going to make Rome great again. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Don't, please Sorry. Don't, please I, don't. I baited you with the huge comment, though. Caesar Augustus, the emperor. Mm-hmm. Emperor. He's the dictator. Um, this idea of honor right. was, was huge. And so for, for, the, the, for St. Paul to write to the Christians in Philippi, because it's a Roman colony populated by, by uh, military veterans from, from the Roman legions, and emphasize to them take the, that, that your guy... The God guy, Jesus, became, a slave. became a slave. Yeah. And that we're supposed to follow his example. Oh my gosh. Where were the slave revolts of Spartacus? I don't know. Okay. Okay. I mean, and then you think about how like slaves, when they revolt, then slaves are crucified. Right. That whole idea of taking on, he wants, to, he wants you to take on the attitude that leads you to crucifixion. Right. And you're a Roman soldier who probably crucified as a sign of warning towards others. And you right. saw people uh, suffering in that sort of long, laborious death that is the suffocation of crucifixion. A means by, a means of death, which you as a Roman citizen. Were protected from. Exactly. Yeah. Now, take, be so humble as to to undergo the same sort of death that that you, by law, cannot undergo. So when you understand that aspect of the people of Philippi uh, being those Roman citizens it, citizens, it certainly brings an added depth to this passage. Exactly. You know, and Father, I just, just a brief aside here, I was just flipping back and forth. It's a short letter. Oh, yeah, it's very short. It's not that long. It's, it's Four chapters? Yeah, two and a half pages yep. uh, in, in my, the way my Bible is printed. With all of these, as we've repeated throughout, read the text. Read the text. 
So just don't take our word for it. Read the text. Read the text. Um, another great passage on that idea of citizenship, I think, is uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, where he talks about how they should have... Uh, that that their, that their citizenship oh, yeah. is in heaven, right? And from it we await a savior. Um, you know, uh, uh, where is our city? Where is our lasting stability? Where is our home? You know, you think about a veteran, especially who lives in that way on uh, the support of the country he served, right? Or she, ser- well, in this case, he. But you live on the the country that you served that owes you in that way, that debt, that's your security. Right. You know, you fought for the security of that country. Now that country maintains your own personal security here in your retirement uh, at the end of your, uh, at the end of your life. And, uh, but St. Paul's concerned there in the verses before that verses 18, 19 about some who uh, become an enemy of the cross of Christ because uh, they start uh, worshiping their stomach. Right. In that way, and becoming preoccupied with earthly things, right? Um, but reminding them to have that citizenship in heaven. Exactly. Yep. And and the thing that and just we've got a, a couple of minutes left. One of the things that we talked about, Paul encourages them to to follow his example, right? And, and, and but he's saying that in humility, you know, right. Right, because because well, the example he's asking them to follow is not a luxurious exactly. or yep. uh, a fancy example. So I think. A point there. It, it's fine for when we're striving to live the Christian life and maybe leading others in it. Mm. It's 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 fine for us with prudence and discernment to invite others to imitate how we are living, especially as you said, when it's a challenging way of life. Right. Um, but just always, but remembering too that if we do that, we're certainly going to probably meet some spiritual challenges in doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. One more verse, Father, to take us home. Oh, I don't know. Do you want to go earlier in chapter three, or do you want to go Later. to? Do you want to go chapter four to chapter four, verse seven? Yep. All right. So, uh, chapter four, verse seven talks about the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Um, and that's been part of the section where he talks about rejoicing in the Lord, right? Uh, and uh, and putting <clears throat> again back to the, continuing on this idea of your citizenship, your security in heaven, which was just a few verses before chapter three, verse twenty. Now chapter four, verse seven. So, what does it mean to have a that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? What does that mean? I have no idea. Really? A lot of peace. Oh, okay. I've got an idea. I, 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 that's, I want to hear your idea. Oh, you really not have an idea? Well, I have an idea, but I know, I, I know you've uh, got something to say. I know what it is. You know what it is or you want to know? I want to know what oh, it is. Oh, okay, okay. So I think of it in terms of like the peace that comes from knowing that, um, that God is the Lord, that God is in charge, that God has conquered death, right. that God is the author of life, that all principalities and powers will be ruled by the name of Jesus as he referred back, which is one of the things I love about that hymn uh, in uh, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. You know, that every that in heaven, uh, on earth, and under the earth, every tongue will proclaim to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Um, and so, uh, so in that sense, I have a peace in God, not peace in the sense of an absence of strife, right. not peace as the world gives peace, does he give peace to us, but peace in the sense of a confidence in God. Yep. Does that? that well, yeah. I mean, it, nothing can shake it. Right. Our citizenship is in heaven. Right. And so I think, uh, to me, that's, that's a hard thing to strive for, but a great thing to go after, especially thinking about the peace of the Romans, which we're out of time. Amen. It was a great episode. We spent too much at the beginning. But if you've got ideas for future episodes, email us ignition at sfcatholic.org. Tweet us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.